Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think I'm going to start referring to us as Armstrong and Getty Tears of the Kingdom to try to glom on to a little of the gargantuan success of the Zelda video game. Or just Armstrong and Getty and Zelda. If you're going to violate copyright, let's go big. I'm sure we won't get sued at all if I call us Armstrong and Getty Tears of the Kingdom. Sounds good to me. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? Uh, we were so busy with uh, all sorts of stuff over the break. I forgot to remind Michael. Uh, did, did we have a Dylan Mulvaney uh, clip? We, we were gonna play? <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Have you heard that clip, Jack? Recently, because that week. was exactly the right pitch. Yeah. <laughs> do you have Do you have perfect pitch? I do not. <laughs> but that's that's the only clip we have. Yeah, that's the only Dylan right. Mulvaney clip we have. Right. We're not we go. gonna stare at their crotches while they're wearing their little shopping shorts at the mall. The, the, <laughs> the woman who ruined Bud Light—that's who she is. That's a man. Uh, you've got uh, Target now stocking "quote unquote" female swimsuits with extra crotch coverage that is tuck friendly. So, and I'm going to I'm going to say this ironically. So women with penises and testicles can hide their genitals while they're wearing their women's swimsuit. It's now being sold at Target? At Target. What is Correct. what is Target doing? 
I don't know. Well, uh, uh, they, they can't feel that they have to do this. Some person tweeted, thanks to Target, I found the perfect swimsuit for creeping out all the women and children at the pool this summer. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. They're um, not, they're, but well, would you agree or disagree? They're not doing it because they've recognized a need. Like you realize, wow, warm, m- way more people are into gardening than they used to be, so we have to stock more rakes. It's not one of those things, is it? I don't know. There are there be. enough folks in every town who are suffering from whatever this is um, who want to run out and buy one of those swimsuits that it's profitable? I they, don't they know. Do you have to stock them in the store? Because there's a lot of stuff I buy from Target, it's online only. Um, just, I don't know. I would like to know that. If you know, text 415-295-KFTC. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at pictures of the online listing and the uh, the in-store. Here's a woman rolling her eyes at the, uh, the in-store. Display. I feel like it's a gesture rather than a response to market needs, but I could be wrong. So here's a piece written by Michael Bailey, who is a scientist, as becomes clear in the text. Uh, the title of his piece is Questioning Sexual Identities. The potential to cause offense is not a valid reason to discourage good faith efforts to find out what is true. And that is his theme. You know, it's interesting. It, it relates to another article I have around here somewhere that um, that one of the great uh, wellsprings of support for Republicans going forward is going to be atheists and regardless of your view of, of of the great faiths on earth the very things atheists object to about religion that you have to take it on faith that it's allegedly not evidence-based and i'm speak i'm speaking briefly for atheists don't write your angry emails i'm not talking for myself here um they don't want superstition they just want science okay the left is giving them anything but that it's the woke religion of DEI and queer theory and the rest of it. It says theory, but there's no there's no data at all behind this stuff. It masquerades as science. So anyway, um, I, that's just an interesting aside. We can get more into that later. But back to this piece by Michael Bailey. Bisexual people, transgender individuals, adult babies, diaper lovers, furries, gynandromorphophiles, which is men attracted to trans women with penises, Pedophiles, voluntary eunuchs, and straight cross-dressers. I have studied them all. Voluntary eunuchs? Mm Mm-hmm. That's an interesting one. To what end? Why should anyone study persons with unusual sexual identities? There are two reasons that motivate researchers, and as far as I can tell, they never coexist in the same researcher, because they cannot. Isn't that an interesting statement? Yeah. So two motivations that never coexist. He writes, when I study unusual sexual identities, I want to understand them. For instance, what is their underlying motivation? Do people often possess more than one? Do they shift from one to another? I'm also interested in the ways that sexual identities inform broader questions. For example, is there any value to concepts such as paraphilia, which is atypical sexual arousals, formerly referred to as sexual perversions or deviations, or erotic target identity inversions? For instance, paraphilias that involve the person themselves being whatever object their sexual desires are centered on. There's a version of that he gets into later. Um, There's an erotic uh, paraphilia of becoming a woman because that's the object of your sexual desire. You want a vagina because you want them. Anyway, uh, the other reason to study sexual identities is to protect them and promote their interests. 
To do so, one must first know, or at least believe one knows, these interests. Then one's research questions and results must be constrained so that they are consistent with those interests, not asking awkward, uncomfortable questions, and definitely no reaching conclusions disapproved of by members of the protected identity groups. Sure. So interesting, a scientist saying, look, what they're pitching is not science at all. Moving along. From this explanation, it should be obvious that the two motives for studying sexual identities can, in principle, conflict. My own experiences confirm this. Several times I have offended sexual minorities by questioning aspects of their identities. For example, in 2003, I published a book, The Man Who Would Be Queen, a popular science book where I wrote about psychologist Ray Blanchard's theory that there are two types of natal males who become women. He uses the term natal male, meaning biological male, someone who is born a male. Um, Two types who become women. One is essentially a very feminine homosexual male. And the other who is motivated by the sexual fantasy of being female. Some trans women dislike this theory so much that they tried to get me fired. A similar situation occurred in 2005 when my team published a research article examining whether self-identified bisexual men showed a bisexual arousal pattern in in the laboratory. That is, did men who said they were attracted to both men and women become sexually aroused when watching both male and female pornography? We found no evidence that they did. Um, to shorten it, there it was almost entirely gay men who were claiming to be bisexual because it was more acceptable, mm. they thought, they mm. concluded. Interesting. But, you know, uh, more recently, my laboratory has encountered resistance in studying furries. Some furries disliked our surveys and accused us of nefarious goals. Do I, li- did, do I dislike sexual minorities, enjoy hurting their feelings, want to return us to our puritanical past? If not, why have I repeatedly offended so many in these groups? My answers are no, 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 and because I try to do good science. Let me explain. The purpose of science is to acquire new knowledge. The best science advances knowledge because it, about important matters. In general, issues are controversial because they are important and unsettled. Sexual minorities tend to be scientifically controversial in this sense. Important and unsettled. Fair enough. For example, autogynephilia is a biological male's sexual arousal by the idea of being a woman. It's endorsed by many trans women. It's also hated by others. Is autogynephilia helpful in explaining some kinds of transgender phenomenon? That seems to be a perfectly reasonable Mm -hmm. scientific question. Many gay men go through a stage in which they identify as bisexual. That's what I was talking about before. And furries have sometimes denied sexual motivation. Do you know what furries are? Jack, would you like to briefly describe what furries are? People who dress up in animal costumes. And often uh, do Does sexy this, stuff in them. But is it? Not always, but often. Well, are you? But furries re, uh, refers to both, right? Because it's not always sexual stuff. Well, yeah, that's what he's case, asking. But in this case, he means sexual stuff. Yeah, well, no. You're dressed he, up he, in a, uh, a dog costume, for instance. I can only assume that if you're in a dog costume. Well, anyway. Uh, Furries have sometimes denied sexual motivation, and their hotel conventions are often portrayed as family-friendly. But their websites often have strong erotic elements. Right. So are furries sexually motivated or not? Why wouldn't we want to know the answers to these questions if your field is uh, the variable sexual identities and practices, which this guy's is? The fact that some persons might not like our answers is a good thing to consider before deciding whether to get involved, because people vary in their tolerance of dispute and drama. 
but it is not a valid reason to discourage good faith efforts to find out what is true. Imagine a world in which potential disagreement and hurt feelings were sufficient to prevent the study of an issue. We still might believe the sun revolves around the earth. We would certainly not believe that a human's evolved, and in all likelihood, we would no, be no happier in ignorance than we are now with the forbidden knowledge. If we can agree with the Faber College motto that knowledge is good, is that an Animal House reference? Faber College? Yeah. Well, knowledge is good. Uh, the question remains, and, and I think <laughs> the college, joke... It's funny, I've got a t-shirt that says Faber College. I think the joke there is that it's so insanely obvious, mm-hmm. it makes a dopey uh, college motto. But let's stipulate that knowledge is good is insanely obvious. Moving along. So the question remains, how should we obtain it? A good start is by talking to members of the sexual minority groups we want to study because they're a good source of data and ideas. But we cannot assume that everything these members say is true. For one, members of a sexual minority do not always speak with one voice. For instance, some trans women believe that autogynophilia is important in their gender identity. Others, who superficially seem quite similar, emphatically reject this possibility. Deciding what is true requires more than these diverging opinions. Another reason we cannot simply rely on what members of sexual minorities say is that self-reporting is limited in various ways. For example, people are often unaware of some of their own motivations. Sometimes people don't want others to know things about them. Sometimes people hold mistaken ideas about themselves. In a wonderful essay entitled Psychology is About Invalidating People's Identities, the author M. Taylor, unpronounceable, writes, quote, if introspection were sufficient to reveal the true structure of human psychology, it's not clear why we would even need to do science. We would just know. Indeed, but psychological science is both necessary and difficult, even in the domain of identity. You know, there's more to this. And it, uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely worth uh, looking at and reading, and, and we'll post it for you at armstrongandgetty.com. It's remarkable to me how little of this sort of calm, rational, caring... Not bigoted. Not bigoted discussion happens. It's almost unknown. This guy isn't bigoted against anybody. He shows nothing but compassion to people who have interesting practices or identities. Non-typical. And yet he's viewed as a hater and a brute by some for daring to ask questions. Is that not enough, my friends, to convert you away from any desire to kowtow to the the, the cruel, uh, radical activist types? They're out of their minds. So I suppose you're going to work today and feeling like i got to give 100% because yesterday was a Minimum Monday, so you obviously didn't work very hard. And Minimum Monday is a direct, Total Tuesday, man. Minimum Monday is a direct result of the Sunday Scaries which is something they featured on the NBC Evening News last night. Everything's got to have a name, and the younger crowd inventing new things all the time. Well, wait a minute now. So we got uh, uh, Minimum Mondays. Well, let's start with Sunday. Right. What is it? The Sunday Scaries. Sunday Scaries. (laughs) Minimum Mondays. Wednesday's Hump Day, and has been for some time. Then you got Friday. Well, Thursday's Little Friday. Bingo. So, really, only Tuesday and Saturday remain unmonikered. <laughs> right. Anyway, I found this hilarious that they took it seriously. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What could be worse than Monday? Garfield voicing our shared lament what decades ago about the end of the weekend and the return to the rat race. But that angst is not fictional. I, you know, start getting this anxiety and dread. Just that feeling like... Hey, we're going back into the storm now. <laughs> Meet Leah, Aaron, and Natalie, all young professionals, all learning to cope with the Sunday scaries. How did the Sunday scaries show up uh, in your life? It's your last chance at freedom, almost. Like, you have to take a deep breath and then situate yourself. Yeah, they've named that phenomenon that we've all had, the Sunday scaries. I remember saying to my dad when I was like, I don't know, 20 years old. Sometimes on Sundays, I just feel like, God, I don't know if I can do another week of this. He said, yeah, I've had that feeling my entire life. And I never thought about it again because I realized immediately then, okay, it's just part of the human condition. So I just never thought about it again. So how do you deal with the Sunday scares? <laughs> well, I just take a deep breath and, oh, for I know. I feel like there's, there's way too little. Oh, that's just what it's like to be a human. Okay, I'll move on to something else then. About everything, but you yeah, know what? What was the line? I think it, it may have been from Cheers. It's probably as old as as uh, time, but yeah, we have a club. It's called Humanity. We meet at the bar. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, the Sunday scaries leads to minimum Mondays, as we learned on the NBC Evening <laughs> News last night.
One remedy for the Sunday scaries gaining popularity on social media is bare minimum Mondays. Influencers easing into the work week by doing a little less on Monday morning. Can we just make this uh, bare minimum Monday, Bill? But not everyone is on board with coasting into a new week. I think any entrepreneur, if you have the entrepreneur mindset, that just drives you crazy. Byron Lazine has more than 70 employees across his two companies, and he says he'd have a hard time hanging on to staffers who plan to do just enough. I'd be looking for people who are hungry, who are driven, who, who want to go out there and get better every single day. I, I don't want somebody who just wants to do the bare minimum. I, I appreciated that they threw that in there to the like five minute story. One guy who says, I kind of like people who work every day, but then listen to this. The idea that an employer expects you to come in at 100 percent on a Monday morning. What do you what do you make of that? It's not about doing absolutely nothing. I think it's about doing enough so that you and your team is still happy with your performance, but you can also keep your mental health in check. I think it's really beneficial, not only for yourself, but you're going to be a better worker. The expert advice, try to make sure your Sunday includes something physical and right. fun. And try to avoid planning big meetings or tasks for first thing Monday morning. Could we be any softer? <laughs> Aaron Gilchrist, NBC. I, I, I'm making an informal count of the overtly stupid things that were said in that story. And it's it's nearing double digits. <laughs> How can we possibly defeat China with, with an up and coming generation who says things like that? And the Einstein who says, while keeping my mental health in check, which, of course, means like held back. Right. You mean the opposite of what you just said, dear. I tell you what, how about you hit 25, get a little bit of life experience, and then tell us all about life. <laughs> <laughs> China. It is, what, what is this weird culture we have? So the evening newscasts are, are mostly for older people. And they feel like that's a good thing to portray to older people that young people need needed to ease into the week on Monday or it's too much for their mental health. What the hell? Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. By the way, Joe and I were just discussing last segment. If you missed it, you can get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. But it was talking about last night's NBC evening news story about young people and the Sunday scaries and minimum Mondays and all that stuff. And we were mocking it. And Joe thought, and you might be right. You may have figured it out. Because I was wondering, who is this for? Um, the, the average age of someone who watches the NBC Evening News has got to be like 62, uh, maybe even older than that. In fact, it almost certainly is. Yeah, and, I don't know. I've, I've given up uh, guessing at that after finding out that the average viewer of The Daily Show, for instance, was much older than I'd imagined. Right. Well, I'm thinking this is significantly older than that. So, yeah, fair enough. But I'll bet Joe's right. I'll bet they're putting those stories on the news to make old people say, kids today, damn it, they just don't have a work ethic. It's a you-love-to-hate-it thing. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it's engagement. That's one thing that uh, the Internet has figured out, and uh, and all the websites and broadcast networks as well, is that uh, outrage is like the strongest form of engagement. Um, And and so they push it constantly. Well, so much of the news is reconfirming your priors. If your priors are kids today, they don't have a work ethic, um, then you, you you put out a story that confirms that. Tell you what, I did a deepish dive in uh, housing policy. Uh, came across some really interesting stuff about housing policy around the world and affordability and that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm especially sensitive to it because I have uh, three kids, the oldest of whom is 30, and uh, they're they're all struggling to find housing they can afford that isn't crappy, including you know kids who make pretty good money and got roommates or, or uh, significant others who make decent money. And housing is brutal right now in much of the united states um but it's a complicated topic absolutely complicated but the idea that kids have it easy these days is just not true at least in 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 that way so this whole debt ceiling thing is a big story if you're following the news at all and we keep getting told that the world will crash hard on june 1st if we don't raise the debt ceiling and old people won't get their social security money and people in the military won't get paid and we'll default on our debts or credit rating, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, our soldiers will have to sell their guns to settle the national debt and fight the Chinese with their fists. (laughs) The Wall Street Journal says that's all phony today. I guess they got into that discussion on Fox last night. Here's Brett Baron Byron York on that topic. No, it's interesting, Byron, that the talk about the catastrophic result if we go to default, uh, listening to the Federal Reserve, uh, Neil Kashkari, uh, it, it is serious. I mean, it's not make-believe. 
It's very serious, but you know, as the Wall Street Journal pointed out, there's really no reason for actual default any at any given time. Because of revenue coming tax in. Tax receipts are far, far more than interest payments uh, do. You've got to cut something else, but in terms of defaulting on our creditors, absolutely not. The, the thing, though, is it's the iron law of Washington. Is if you give Congress a deadline, they're going to go right up to it and maybe just a little bit past it. And yes, Kevin McCarthy says you've got to get it done this week, uh, but you look at this and say there's 10 days that's forever maybe we'll take a couple of days off and start up so I, I don't think there's that real sense of urgency still that we're going to see nine days from now yeah so i do wonder about this because it has to get dealt with and pointing out that the june 1st deadline is not the calamity they're claiming okay so that releases the pressure valve of the deadline but it still has to be dealt with so I'm not sure it does us any good, but uh, the Wall Street Journal, back to that, for similar reasons. So he mentioned the, you know, we'll default on our debt. We're not going to default on our debt. There's no reason to ever default on our debt. It's like if you have, you know, medicine you need to keep you alive. If you've got a job, you're going to pay for that first. Other things are going to have to go, but you're not going to stop buying your medicine you need to keep you alive. So there's no reason for us to ever, ever default on our debt. Right. It would be like the first thing you do when you have some sort of financial setback is default on your mortgage. That would be a very curious decision as you're out there eating steak at Morton's <laughs> discussing it. Right. And still have your Netflix and gym membership and all that sort of stuff. Now you cut other things first. So every single time you hear Joe Biden, Janet Yellen, or the newsreaders say well, uh, America may default on its debt for the first time, that's just not true. Just flat out. 100% not true that that's even on the table as an option. Also, says the Wall Street Journal, for a similar reason, hitting whatever date need not stop Social Security payments. And they get into all the complexities of the way we pay Social Security and where it comes from and how that doesn't have to happen either. So that's also something that won't happen. Things will have to get cut, as Brett Baer just said there. It is a it is a crisis. We do spend more money than we take in, blah, blah, blah. But Social Security doesn't have to stop. And obviously, paying off your debt doesn't have to stop. Um, Fact check! And they go through some other examples of that. But uh, it's... So, ultimately, I don't know what good it does because you you do need to have a uh, an example would be like uh for me with uh with my weight i have like a number that if when i hit that number all right i gotta get serious but that number isn't like actually i'm not gonna drop dead if i go a pound <laughs> over it not good you just have to have a number that you know gets you get you get your act together right sure it's your warning number it's your hey this is serious now number Right, and I guess that's what June 1st is, but stop with the, we're going to default on our debt, what will the rest of the world think, Uh, military servicemen won't get paid, old people won't get their social security checks, that's just not true. Right. That's That's angering to me. It's not nothing because it will cause huge amounts of economic uncertainty oh, sure. for it, a little while, and 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 the economy doesn't like uncertainty. No, it could really hurt the market. Other countries could look at it uh, us differently because we can't politically get our act together. We're so dysfunctional right now, but we're not going to not make our payments. Right, right. Okay, well that takes the fun out of that one, and that's one of the other reasons I've just been ignoring this. It's it's. Again, it's not nothing, as Byron York was indicating, but it's 
there's an aspect of it that's very, very clickbaity. And we try very hard not to be clickbaity around here. Now, right. I do have a story coming up about the world's most dangerous toddler. <laughs> but I think most of you understand that that sort of fare is offered up with a wink. Whose mom lost her job because her breasts are too big. <laughs> oh, boy. Everything is clickbait. Let me read the last paragraph from this Wall Street Journal article about this. Ms. Yellen, that's the Secretary of the Treasury, recently stated that if Congress fails to raise the debt limit, we will have an economic and financial catastrophe. Well, she said it like this. We will have an economic (laughs) You got to be 90 to be in government. We will have an economic and financial catastrophe that will be of our own making. But if a catastrophe arises, it may be because the markets take the worst debt limit scaremongering seriously rather than the appropriately discounted as another negotiation tactic. Wall Street journalist says is saying you're going to make the markets crash by acting like this is the end of the world when it's not. It's just factually not. Wow. Wow. God. How interesting would it be to have like a, a bar graph or not a bar graph, like a, a meter on the side of your TV or your radio, or your phone as you're listening to a podcast or whatever, and it would go up and down based on the truthfulness of what was being said. Be Wouldn't good. that be fantastic? Yeah. My kids are going to grow up, and they don't pay attention to the news, really, but they, they, they hear it when I've got it on, stuff like that. They're going to grow up thinking everybody who runs things has to sound like <laughs> this, because everybody, oh. they're all 90. Speaking of Diane Feinstein, that whole situation explained. Okay. Is that coming up why, next? That's why a good she's tease. hanging on? Oh, yeah. And the world's most dangerous toddler. Wow, I was going to go home, but I'm going to stick around because of those teases. We got kind of both ends of the whole circle of life for you. Awesome. That's next. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com.
Armstrong and Getty Show. Your eyes follow like traces in the night. We've had an awful lot of stuff today in the news that is uh, pointing out things that aren't true, that are the headlines. That's uh, mm-hmm. it's a weird way to run a conversation. We're debunkers. Mm, I guess. Hey, do we have that tape of a Diane Feinstein when she didn't even know she'd been gone? What yeah, do you mean ahead. I was here? What have you heard? What have I heard about what? About your return. How have they felt about your no, return? No, I haven't been gone. Okay. <laughs> Um, you should follow me. I haven't been gone. I've been working. You've been working from home is what you're saying? No, I've been here. Um, I've been voting. Please, either know or don't know. Yeah, that's funny. I, it's not funny. It's fun, funny peculiar. I have, uh, I've known a few people into, uh, into that area of their life mentally, and it is weird to have conversations with them, and you just go along with them because you don't want to upset them. There's no point. No. Right, right. And that uh, reporter, I think, was, uh, although a sitting U.S. senator ought to be coherent. Um, yes. No, it's nothing wrong with demanding that a uh, sitting U.S. senator not be that way. And he certainly could have said, were you not uh, convalescing at home for six weeks or however long it was? But you don't uh, argue with her. <laughs> you have to argue with somebody else, I guess. Although he was asking her questions, which, again, is perfectly legitimate. I think that would have been, if he'd have followed up, that was completely uh, excusable. I mean, obviously. Anyway, a couple of interesting notes on why Diane Feinstein, who is 90-ish and clearly suffering uh, from a number of neurological problems, why is she hanging on? Uh, JT points out <clears throat> that unlike uh, d- during the Bush presidency, for instance, where you had moderate Republicans and blue dog Democrats, uh, um, and there was a lot more bipartisanship, so a stray vote or two didn't really matter. But now every vote counts completely because you're not going to pull votes across the aisle very much at all, which I thought was an interesting point. And that as a moderate, uh, she's a very vol- valuable vote. I don't, that could be something to it. But I think this is the answer. Uh, already impaired by widely reported mental decline, Senator Dianne Feinstein returned to the Senate and then said the things we we heard during the clip. Uh, writing about the spectacle, we observed that a long overdue Feinstein resignation would go against the interests of her handlers, who'd surely like to keep their Senate jobs as long as possible. So that's number one. She has a whole staff, and a senior senator like that has extremely powerful staff. And they do not want to go. What would the number be? Would it be three digits of people that are make their salary off of her? Probably. I have no idea. That's a great question. Uh, but there's more to it. And while that's certainly one reason to keep pushing a wheelchair-bound, mentally failing, and physically frail Feinstein around Capitol Hill to push voting buttons, a more complex conspiracy has emerged. Representative Adam Schiff wants her seat and desperately wants Feinstein to hang on through the 2024 election. Why is that so crucial to him? If Feinstein resigns, California Governor Gavi Newsom would appoint a senator to fill the seat until 2024. Newsom has already promised to appoint a black woman in that event, which is, again, the sort of racial quota pandering that's illegal and unconstitutional. Um, and one of Schiff's declared com- opponents is California Rep. Barbara Lee, a black woman who most people think is who Gavin Newsom has in mind. And if appointed, she'd enter the 2024 race with the power of incumbency. 
But wait, the plot gets thicker. Nancy Pelosi has endorsed Schiff in the Senate race. And upon her return to Washington, Feinstein has frequently been accompanied by a mystery woman. I'm looking at her in the picture right now. Mm. Politico has now identified that mystery woman is Nancy Pelosi's eldest daughter, Nancy Corinne Prouda. It seems Pelosi is using every resource at her disposal to keep Feinstein in office because she's on a team shift. She's been one of the 89-year-old senator's most vocal defenders. And in April, she played the misogyny card, saying, quote, I've never seen them go after a man who is sick in the Senate in this way. Right. An unnamed Pelosi family confidant has uh, essentially confidant has essentially confirmed the scheme, telling Politico that if DiFi resigns right now, there's an enormous probability that Barbara Lee gets appointed. Thus, it makes it harder for Schiff. The political thinking is that if DiFi stays as long as possible, it helps Schiff as well. John, that makes perfect sense, and I mean that's a big deal to be a U.S. senator. You get in there as a Democrat senator in California, you will have that job. Until you're Diane Feinstein old, mm-hmm. if you want it. I mean, you'll right. never lose your job, and it's the world's most exclusive club. You're very powerful. By the way, just trying to look it up briefly, in the Senate, the number of staff total has grown from about 5,000 in the 80s to about 6,000 now total for the whole staff. But uh, I don't know how many of those people work individually for senators, but I'm thinking it's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they're powerful because the the aides, the senatorial aides, uh, do most of the heavy lifting and research and 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 tell the senator which way we're going to go on this bill. Yeah. Wow, that, that is something. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, if a uh, a black woman gets appointed, that there's no way shifts dislodging that person. It's extremely difficult. Yeah, she'd have to be primaried, I'm uh, horrif- which is a heavy lift. <laughs> I'm horrified by all these choices. By the way. Oh, yeah. But, you know. Yeah, clearly. As a Californian, um, I'm not going to be pleased with whoever ends up replacing Dianne Feinstein. Oh, yeah. As a conservative Californian, you'd, you'd uh, trek down to Ponce de Leon's Fountain of Youth and cart back a bucket of it for for uh, Dianne Feinstein if you could. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was I going to say? There's one way. Oh, keep in mind that Nancy Pelosi coming out openly as Team Schiff, which is just despicable. Um, Got the smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen. If the thin-necked one becomes the senator, then Nancy Pelosi's team, which is you know her various protégés and family members and whatever, they'll have the protection of a permanent U.S. senator in Adam Schiff. And so it's very much in Nancy's uh, selfish interest to get her guy uh, elected. Now, granted, she's old as the hills, too, and won't be around terribly long. But again, her whole political dynasty will be. Um, LeBron James was asked if he is going to retire, and he said he has a lot of things to think about during this offseason. So apparently that is on the table for the top scorer of all time. Having the Lakers been swept last night, deciding, and eh, I'm fun to do this again. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've got to pay off the world's most dangerous toddler. Three-year-old in Indiana grabbed a gun and shot a man who turned out to be wanted for murder in Illinois. Wow, he's like a bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Bounty Hunter. Police in Lafayette, Indiana, said they took Sean Smith, age 23, into custody after he received treatment for non-life-threatening gunshot wound, a gunshot wound. Mr. Smith had an active arrest warrant in neighboring Cook County, Illinois, that's Chicago, 
Authorities say the toddler fired only one bullet, but managed to strike both Mr. Smith and the child's 21-year-old mother, Jaylin Artis. Ms. Artis was not seriously injured. Injured Police didn't share how the child gained access to the gun or what prompted the child to fire the weapon. Mr. Smith and Ms. Artis are friends, according to the police. I'll tell you what happened, and this is a Freudian nightmare. This is uh, Oedipus all over the place. This three-year-old kid sees this young man, quote-unquote, doing something to his mom he doesn't like. Evidently, in this model American household, he has access to a firearm. He shoots the boyfriend, also hits mom. Turns out boyfriend's an alleged murderer anyway, so the cops cart him away. Wow. Having had a three-year-old not that long ago, they do know what a gun is and what it's for. That's interesting. Yeah, that's too long ago for me. I, I can't remember. <laughs> wow. It's like Sling Blade, or, but with a three-year-old. It's like Sling Blade, but with a three-year-old. Hmm. <laughs> Get off my mom. Paging Dr. Freud. Kablooey, Paging Dr. Kablooey. Freud. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. going to be a team of therapists involved in this story. Oof. How about you not stop murderers in front of your child? Where they have access to a loaded gun. If my guess is correct. Where they have full access to a loaded gun. Yeah, that's just not great parenting. No, no. You could use some parenting classes. In today's inflated great environment, I give her a B- as a parent. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So a group of Russians attacked inside Russia because they're pro-Ukrainian, it looks like, yesterday. Can't tell the players without a scorecard. Which I'm happy to see. That's awesome. Uh, we got some exhausted soldiers that were on the front lines of Bakhmut retreating a, a little of the Ukraine story, maybe an hour three, among other things. If you missed an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.